Hey, this is Mike Bob, and I'm a guy who used to make things, and sometimes I still do. These days, I prefer making podcasts, and I have a new one called Soundtrack to My Life. On this podcast, I talk to different creative people about the music that shaped them. Sometimes the conversations are funny, and sometimes they're just kind of sweet. I love that Pina Colada song. Yeah, I do. Rihanna has had a huge impact on my songwriting. I'm diving into the ocean, finding that one fish that has the toxins, and I'm just drinking those toxins all day. Maybe they're saying, like, you should now go forth and rock. It's like a peace be with you situation. I also have a playlist called F Jams. One and two. It's just in case. We dance to a jazz version of my favorite things. Soundtrack to my life. It's available exclusive on Spotify. It's a exclusive. I'm going to try to make that word take off. It's a music plus talk show, meaning I can play songs in their entirety. So think of this as an interactive playlist with some of the coolest creative people I know. And you should know, too. Soundtrack to my life. A Spotify exclusive. Hi, I'm Mike Bobbitt. I am a lot of things. I'm a comedian, I'm a podcaster, I'm a writer, an actor, and a storyteller. But most of all, I'm a dad now. Movies were an important part of my childhood, and I'm hoping they'll be an important part of my kids' childhood, too. So through this podcast, I talk to my friends about movies that were important to them when they grew up, and I also talk to my friends who are parents about their experiences introducing their own kids to movies. This is Movies for Kids. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever grow up. Sometimes I wonder if I know it's me. I know it's me. I've been thinking a lot about uh, leaps of faith. And uh, that's why I'm talking to my buddy Joe April today. Because I remember... Joe, I, I remember your specific leap of faith. You were faced with two very different directions of where your life could go. There was one of comfort and stability and stuff that you knew. And then there was the leap of, hey, I have this opportunity, but it's such a big unknown. And then I think about where your life is now, where you have a wife who is creative and supportive and you guys are a great couple. And now you have this amazing daughter too. None of this would have happened if you hadn't taken that leap. Do you ever get caught up in moments where you think about stuff like that or am i the only weird existential one i tend to reflect a lot more and be like did i make the right choice but you you can't have any question about that now right no i constantly do really i don't know why that is like and like i think there's a lot of i could have been somewhere further in my career because i'm approaching 45 like next month i turn 45 and i still feel like I'm a newbie in a lot of sense where there's people that I know that are much younger than me that are getting their own shows or they're further in their career. And I, I kind of compare myself to other people a lot. I guess I should back up for the sake of like anyone who doesn't know the two of us. So you and oh, yeah, you yeah. and I both grew up in Troy and I graduated right. with you went to yeah, high school. and middle yeah. school to get you went to Larson, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my brother Paul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's weird too because even though our last names are pretty close to each other, I yeah. didn't realize how much I have in common with Paul until you and I became friends. 
where now I'm just like, geez, I could have been friends with this guy who's also into Star Wars, whose locker was eight lockers away from mine. <laughs> yeah. So through you, I realized that Paul was a missed opportunity for me. He could have, yeah. who knows? He could have, he could have been my best man at my wedding. <laughs> you and I met because uh, we were both managing a video game store well we and, had met before then even because oh yeah at, at the movie, movie theater, theater and yeah, you were yeah. the cleaning crew even though i really didn't get to know you till we worked at uh, the video game store together correct right yeah and you were presented an opportunity to take a paid internship but it meant hey i'm gonna have to move to boston it's probably not gonna work out with this girlfriend because that's gonna be a long distance thing and i probably won't be coming back to Michigan and your family was here your friends were here everything that you knew was here and you had a job that you know you could still have I I still know people that work in there from when you and I did but instead you said let's go for this and you took this internship and it ended and you ended up moving to Georgia to take if not your first like job job instead of like paid internship one of your first job jobs the Boston job was a paid that was actual work that was an animation job I was an animator on that show oh it wasn't an internship no no it was a yeah I was actually an animator okay I thought it was like a a paid internship but I didn't know the studio at all it was a studio that made home movies and Dr. Katz Right. They were somewhat known, but I didn't know anybody there. Yeah. That was definitely a leap of faith. I mean, like that part of it definitely was a leap of faith. I knew one soul in Boston. Yeah. But the awesome thing about it is I made a ton of friends there. And many of those people I know out here in L.A. now, and I'm still close with them. So that was a huge, not only being like a good leap of faith, but like it was great for friendships and future networking and things like that, that I didn't know was going to be possible. Like, cause it was Boston. Boston doesn't, I think there was two animation studios in Boston at the time. Yeah. And it, that one that I was working at is now gone. So I was like, I don't even know if they have two anymore. And then moving to Atlanta was also a leap of faith because, uh, even though they had a lot of adult swim shows and they were producing down there again, I didn't know anybody down there at all. And they were a place that maybe had three or four animation studios. Mm -hmm. So it was just this constant leap of faith. And then when I moved to California, it was less of a leap of faith. Right. Because I knew a number of people already here. I had a proven reel that I could at least show around that maybe I could get work. And I was already working for a studio at home, kind of like a current situation. Yeah. Where I was just working from home, but for the studio in Boston again at that time. And so I was like, well, I could live anywhere. Why do I have to be in Atlanta? <laughs> I can go to L.A., continue working, and look for work while I'm there. And yeah. it, I, that all worked out. So, And you met Rebecca relatively shortly after moving to L.A., right? It was within, I think four or five months of living here we met what's neat too is with your daughter i think when alice and i left she was a spitting image of rebecca and now looking at pictures on facebook she is a nice mix of the two of you too maybe it's the new dad in me that looks at my friend's children and just gets a weird glow where i'm just like oh my god yeah (laughs) this is a beautiful thing yeah i I get the same sense of things and like even like looking at 
pictures of babies like you know i was just seeing benji and stuff and it's like seeing babies like oh i can't i remember when they were that little <laughs> and like you know it's this it's paternal but it's maternal at the same time where yeah. you're kind of like oh i want another baby like wait yep. what no i don't you guys did a neat thing that um alice and i ended up doing too the baby shower that you had you had it be an all-inclusive thing where it wasn't just a gathering of rebecca's female friends because you know why would you segregate a baby shower we did that too and yours was the first one that ever experienced like that and i i'm glad that we went to yours and I got to meet a lot of your coworkers and it was neat seeing that a handful of your coworkers were really into Guar and really excited about oh, yeah. my history, <laughs> helping those guys out. And uh, the show yeah. that comes out tomorrow is actually created by mm-hmm. a guy who many years ago did a Guar animated short. Oh, really? Mike? Yeah. Mike did that? Oh, cool. I didn't realize that. I was looking that up and uh, I, I think it's, kind of neat because all the guys in guar went to art school they had two very distinctive types of fans the fans who got it and were creative too and then the you know heavy metal fans who were just like yay comic book violence i like when i see things like that like researching the show the connection to part of something that was important to me growing up do you want to talk about the show it's a fun show it's gonna be on hbo max starting on the 20 july 23rd and it's about a eight-year-old boy named Tiggy and his pet cat, Gweeseek. And they work in the lost and found department at uh, Ouija City. Tiggy, with his cat, not only works there, but he lives there. And so it's a bunch of quirky characters. His boss is a dog. There's a handy person at the office that's a rabbit. And there's just like this monstrous like Bigfoot-looking guy. <laughs> He's just called this guy. And it's just like their adventures of the Lost and Found Department and just, you know, in general. It's a really fun, silly show. Lots of like gadgets and things like that are created by Cat. The cat is acts like a real cat, but can also be inventive and create funny gadgets and stuff uh-huh. um so that's fun and it's got a really fun voice cast too uh mike chillian who's created it right who you already mentioned he is also the voice of tiggy and then jermaine clement is the voice of this guy oh wow rich fault yeah and wanda sykes is the voice of the rabbit you started to say rich falcher too huh and rich falcher as well he's uh he's the boss oh wow it's a really great voice cast it's fun to like listen to their voices as you're drawing them and stuff Mm -hmm. because you kind of already know who they are and like based on stuff you'd scene so you can kind of add little things like as you're drawing them out like because they give you that attitude that you already know or the you know just the way they pronounce things and stuff it's kind of fun just to draw that out i'm always surprised at like how in touch of like comedy nerds people in animation are because you see a lot of comedians like rich vulture showing up doing voices on animated things for kids and i think it makes shows like this particularly cool for adults too where when benji ends up watching it when he's older i'm, I'm gonna be able to go like oh cool it's jermaine and so aurora watches like a lot of movies right now stuff that i would probably never watch but then like i'm listening to the voice i'm like who is that voice i'm like <laughs> i want to know who these voices are and there's this one that she watched it's a terrible movie it's called shark bait i think it's also called the reef i think it has two different names it's on amazon prime right now so rob schneider <laughs> is like he's in it but he's playing like 25 different voices oh wow it's rob schneider and like all these terrible 
accents, racist accents mm-hmm. and stuff he's doing. <laughs> and it's just bad. And it's like, I know that's Rob Schneider because it's not a very good, like, he's not a great <laughs> voice actor. Um, but then there's like other good voices in it where I'm like, oh, Evan Rachel Wood or uh, John Reese davies is a voice in this movie. But then the rest <laughs> of the cast are like, oh, Andy Dick again. Oh, that's <laughs> Fran Drescher. Like, he's kind of not a great voice cast, but but she loves that movie. I'm like, this is terrible. Can we please not <laughs> But she wants to watch it, so. Right. But I think with, like, Seek and Seek, it's also, like, these voices fit the characters. They're meant to play these characters. Like, yeah. it's almost like they wrote them for this. So it makes a lot more sense when they cast that. That's really cool. Yeah. How is it working in animation having a daughter now who's consuming the stuff that you have a role in creating it's inspiring a lot of times you watch stuff and you're like oh this is what she's interested in that's a fun thing to be like maybe i need to create something closer to this because this is what she's watching and other kids may be watching it too and at the same time there's times where i watch and like oh this is just bad animation but she seems to love it and it's like maybe this doesn't matter so much (laughs) right but then you know working at home so much right now too she's constantly seeing me drawing she's really interested in what i'm doing so she'll come and sit on my lap and watch it's hard to get like work done at that time (laughs) right but at the same time like i'm glad she's interested and sees you know she wants to play it through and watch it so we'll sit and watch together she'll have my headphones like just listen to it as it goes through so that's fun but yeah overall it's like i seem to criticize a lot of animation she watches (laughs) like you know it's internal Uh, or i might just you know off the cuff say to rebecca like oh my god that was terrible um (laughs) it is kind of fun like you know we're watching a lot of disney junior shows watching a lot of nick junior shows shows i probably would have never been on my radar and I'm like, this is cool to watch. This is something fun. I like the designs of this. So, you know, something yeah. like that. Growing up, even as a kid, you were really into animation and puppeteering. Like, you are maybe the biggest Jim Henson fan that I know. Do you remember when you first started becoming interested in all that stuff? Uh, with the Muppets, I, we had... All right, so growing up, we had this disc player called... It was RCA Selectivision. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't a laser disc. My brother Paul still has the disc. I, the player doesn't work, but he still has has them just as a collector's item i guess but we had the great muppet caper on this disc Mm -hmm. we had like seven movies it was star wars superman like he-man cartoons on golden pond (laughs) mickey mouse cartoons and the great muppet caper (laughs) and we watched all of them. Oh, so I didn't know much. that Paul was a big on Golden Pond fan too. He bonded <laughs> over that as well. <laughs> that was my mom's only movie oh. she owned at the time. <laughs> and here I thought me and Paul were both really like Harrison Ford and Henry Fonda. <laughs> yeah, Henry Fonda and Jane Fonda. He's really it's Catherine Hepburn. Really, he loves Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> no, um, I could have told Paul like, "Hey, if you like on Golden Pond, just wait till you see Barbarella, man." <laughs> 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 but yeah so we i we had that and then i remember the, watching the muppet show repeatedly and fraggle rock and i love them and like great muppet caper especially like we would just watch repeatedly I, yeah I quoted almost every line to this day and how many great cameos in all the muppet movies too oh man the first one especially yeah that one's awesome like you watch it now it's like oh mel brooks is in this and steve <laughs> martin and like even like having Charles Durning play like the heavy right. throughout the entire movie and Austin Pendleton, like the two of them together, it's like, 
oh, this is great. I have stuff from like elementary school. I've written down what I wanted to be yeah. when I grew up. And cartoonist was one of them. And then and somewhere along the line, I'm like, I want to work for the Muppets. And that's how I got to meet Jim Henson through the Mickey Mouse Club on Disney Channel. I sent a letter in and saying I want to meet Jim Henson. And so I actually got to, they flew my mom and I out here to California, went to Disney Studios, saw them make Muppet Vision 3D for like a day. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing experience. Like you got to shadow who Steve Whitmire, who did Crimp the Frog for so many years after Jim passed, met Jim Henson and a few other puppeteers there. It was great. Yeah, you have that cool picture of you as a kid with Jim Henson. Yeah. yeah. And I, they recorded the whole thing, and then he passed away four months later. He never signed the contract, so they couldn't air it. Oh, I know. That's one of the most bittersweet stories of your life that I know. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. And having that experience was amazing but i wanted to share it so much and but also going there i realized because i said i want to be a puppeteer and so i'm shadowing steve whitmire and he's showing me how to do the puppeteering and stuff they gave me a girl puppet and he's like okay come with the voice and like you know i just got really shy i got super shy wait you know like- <laughs> <laughs> you and i've known each and other I- like almost 20 years and i still feel like you're shy around me <laughs> <laughs> i feel like I, I i i can be i can be an extrovert at times but like i have never reason- seen that once Oh, really? No. When I worked at the movie theater, I was like really an extrovert. Yeah. Yeah. I think after that puppeteering experience, though, I was realizing I'm not meant for this. Okay. And then Jim Penson passed away and I'm like, you know what? I don't have an interest in this anymore. And then I really focused on animation especially because Roger Rabbit came out, I think, right around, no, it came out a couple years before then, but I love drawing Roger Rabbit. Oh. And that was the movie that made me want to get an animation. It took me a while to get there, but I got there. So what kind of entertainment is Aurora like um, really gravitating to right now? I want to introduce her to the Muppets. I always wanted to. And like right off the bat, she seemed really interested. I mean, Sesame Street definitely helps. We're still on Sesame Street right now with Benji. It's entertaining, but I'd rather watch the old Sesame Street versus the new (laughs) stuff. Um, But it's still fun. Like they still say funny things and stuff that only adults would probably get. Yeah. I mean, they have like, you know, episodes where it's like they're doing parodies of Orange is the New Black and, you know, Game of Thrones and stuff. It's like, oh, okay, well, kids shouldn't know what this is, but (laughs) Yep. Um, Yeah, that surprised me about Sesame Street and how segments repeat so much in every episode where I'm like, didn't we already watch this episode? Which makes sense because when you and I were talking before, I loved the pinball counting song. And the only way I could love that would be if I heard it. 30 million times as a kid so i'm sure it was on pretty much every episode kids in general just love repetition yeah like they just love saying things over and over again and doing things over and over again it's like that's the fun of it but to get back to like the muppets like aurora really likes i got introduced to the muppet movie she likes that one a lot Mm -hmm. Great Muppet Caper, it's funny, she could take it or leave it. It's like, <laughs> I love that one. What do you have to like? A Muppet, you know, there's a few, she loves the Muppet Babies, which is fine. Like, you know, the new version, the CGI version, which she loves. Yeah. But she loves the Muppets, the Jason Siegel movie. Yeah. That's probably her favorite the most. Okay. For me, I'm like, it's all right. I'm like, <laughs> I'd rather watch the other ones. I love these, like, you know, the classic Disney animated films like you know aladdin and you know stuff that we grew up with or i grew up with especially i get it joe i'm older than you (laughs) you don't need to rub it in it's funny like i think of it i grew up with it but it's like oh yeah well aladdin came out when i was a senior in high school 
Like it's not like I wasn't like a little kid. Like I was watching this as a senior in high school because I wanted to see it because I wanted to be an animator more than anything in the world. Right. The only um, Aladdin I've seen was the live show at Disney. Like I've never seen really? Aladdin yet. And you know, some of these things at this point, I'm just kind of waiting until Ken introduce Benji to them. So that yeah. way he and I can experience this stuff for the first time together. Right. But Aurora will rather watch the direct-to-video sequels oh. versus the original. For Aladdin, there's like a, a third movie that came out, direct-to-video. It's called mm-hmm. Aladdin, the King of Thieves. She'll watch that one repeatedly, but she doesn't want to watch the original, even though she loves Jasmine. And then like Mulan 2 she loves and Pocahontas 2 she loves, like these direct-to-video sequels. From a professional standpoint, can you figure out why? Because that seems weird to me. Um. No, Rebecca and I realize what it is. Oh, okay. It's, there's not much risk involved. Like, the, the stakes aren't so high in the director video sequels. The stories, I mean, the, the stakes aren't so high. Right. So, like, the villains never seem as scary. Oh. I think that's a lot to do with it. She doesn't, you know, if the villain's too scary, she's scared of Ursula like crazy from Little Mermaid. Okay. She's so scared of that, but she'll watch the direct-to-video sequels because she's not as scared of the villains. So you can't ever take her to Hamburger Mary's for Drag Queen Bingo, then, if she's afraid of Ursula. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and we've tried so many times, and she's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We especially want to take her on her birthday and get spanked. But, you know, um, yeah, I think that's the, it was very strange. So we we real it took us a little while to realize why why that was, but we kind of came to terms that that's what it really is. Well, Joe, I'm always delighted when i see what you're working on and i have like certain bands that i can't listen to without associating them with certain friends. And for you it's all Muppets and all animation. I can't watch anything that's puppet related or hand-drawn animated without thinking of you. And I'm really glad that you and I have been friends for all these years. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I have to say like, you know, you give me so much credit for like taking a leap of faith, but I also have to thank you because I mean, working at the video game store, I would, I, I don't know if you would even help to get me the job there or anything like that, but I was unemployed. I was really looking for work and it really got me working again and getting out there and I needed that. And so your guidance during that time period helped me. And it's like, you know, I think your enthusiasm for what I wanted to do helped really push me as well to like, you know, go and search my own career and stuff. So uh, I have to thank you on that. So I guess what you're saying is I'm a better big brother than Paul. Huh. <laughs> That's fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> Paul's going to listen to this and be pissed, but I don't care. <laughs> He's going to unfriend me on Facebook. <laughs> we love you, Rebecca and Aurora, so much. And uh, thank you for talking to me, man. Yeah, we love you guys, too. We're so we're so happy for you guys. We love you and we miss you. So uh, I hope we can talk again soon. It's been a while. Absolutely. <laughs>